Has anybody actually read the lyrics to the new Sucker Punch song that's caused a collective conniption fit on Twitter if you still give a shit about Twitter or prevailing public opinion magnified on social media, whether it be LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, since every day post-George Floyd riots have become standing down day. <laughs> but the song, I think it's called Not In My Backyard. It's literally opens up with so for all those out of control people <laughs> that sucker punch and that push people in front of subways and that uh, fucking blind cops with lasers from Antifa and all those deliberately intentional fascist favoring scumbags Hired goons by George Soros and company. I don't know where they get their fundage. All I know is that God forbid, God forbid, you write a song that says, Hey, Punisher, wanna be vigilantes in parking black hoodies from Antifa. Don't think. You could come to Alabama or Arkansas or Montana or Oklahoma and get away with throwing concrete milkshakes at our head and then requiring Tommy John surgery soon after and expecting us to pay for your rotator cuff surgery and your Tommy John surgery because you're a bunch of Ineffectual, tweaked out, sketchy pieces of shit that deserve to be fucking buried for the past seven years and counting. Holla! So don't expect every day for us country boy folk that live off the land to just bow down, take it up the colo, and let mob violence rule because we're all more feral, magnified versions of Kyle Rittenhouse in real life. Holla! Fuck Antifa. Fuck any BLM liquor supporters left. And fuck anybody that is against the human right of self-defense. Holla! Suck on it and spin and choke and gag on gag on gag on this gag on your pro lynching song bullshit holla because getting paid max guaranteed money in the NBA despite not having a solid hook shot with your left hand is so oppressive holla fuck king of the persecution complex too he sucks too and for every Jealous, transparent, zero fucking talent hack 
that's going to criticize Jokic for not being an exciting player. He doesn't add any uh, razzle-dazzle to the game. Paul Pierce is great. He's not a hack. He's a clutch player. But then he's got to jump in the bandwagon and say, oh, well, not one of the great passers. He's played for fucking three years. Magic had a nice run. So did Bird. I'm calling out right now. Jokic, when his sizzle reel is all done, can out clips them all. So, freaking deal with it. Black supremacist, entertainer nation. Ah! So, I understand. So, all of a sudden, you're not allowed in America, land of the free and home of the brave, to defend your family, your self-respect, and your God-given, independent-powered point of view. Holla! All of you guys are fucking taking time bombs waiting to happen because you're all triple vax. So your opinion at this point is completely ineffectual and meaningless. And as Hillary Hammertime Kankos would say, what difference does it make? Holla! Homo like a breath, you fucking sit on spinning it too. Holla! We're just riffing tonight. Shame Shaver. Holla! Thank you very much. So, what does, who's more stubborn? America, I don't even care about your opinion anymore. Although I do want to be as hicky as humanly possible now, especially after one of my wife's like nurse friends. Just came back from Florida. I'm saying, it's always hot. I can't handle centralized AC. It's always hot. It's too hicky. I'm like, bitch, you're from Connecticut. Don't act like you're this sophisticated cosmopolitan. You're not Sarah Jessica Parker. You're a nurse that got triple freaking fox like the rest. Get over yourself. I've been in your presence. Don't act like you're such stimulating company to begin with. Don't act as if your mere presence alone inspires elongated love from this half-heap crazy stallion over here. Holla! You can sit on and spin, too, for your, oh, Florida, the culture. Now, do I think DeSantis say, yeah, I think every asshole should have a gun without a license? No, but nobody's perfect. Holla! And I just, I like the fact, I like the fact that I can't trust any politician anymore. <laughs> and that I can only trust my own instincts and my children. Because, you know, they will tell you if your mediums suck, if you, if you show up late to pick him up from camp, my son will say, you could have been earlier. Holla. And is that like, is there a punchline there? No, but you want the truth. Ask your children. Is this funny? If it's something funny, they'll laugh. But the point being is, if something's good, ask your children. Because children know all. Okay. And especially when you treat them like smart, capable, talented human beings that aren't dumb fuck morons coming out of the womb that are determined to be, you know, this lesser piece of shit version of, of daddy or mommy because mommy and daddy are always going to feel better about themselves as long as, you know, they're like superior and better. Because in the end, children are family upgrades. Holla! Old school headline. 
Hooker Galore. You're welcome. Thank you very much. First time I've actually ever riffed completely on this podcast in front of my son. Chosen Curls was bound to woe. Holla! I started, he came in like minute 20, but you get the gist. So this kid the other day, this is what he says. He says, I was born to be a comedian. And then he said, I think before that he said, I was born funny. Then he says, I was born to be a comedian. And I said, funnier dad, happier baby. But now I'm going to say, funnier dad, funnier baby. Ha ha Giving hardcore hunger the props he deserves. Thank you very much. You fucking hacks. You people that don't get back to me. I, I apply to your, your precious jobs, your content writer positions, your, 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 your tourist running positions for Westchester County. I cold call? I, I, I sent A plus Gemery? Who were you holding out for? I know what's out there. 99% of you are boring. Except the people who listen to my podcast. So 1%. Everyone that shadow bans my podcast, boring, uninspired. You are never inspiring sustained stiffage on your behalf ever. No elongated love. No lockjaw love. Son's not going to understand these super funny, sexualized, Double entendre references, but that's okay because I know they're hilarious. And, you know, at this point, you know, I'm listening to my material because I'm putting together my resume. I got to get work. I got to keep the marriage together, the family and everything. I want to capitalize off my sheets of comedy gold. But when it's all said and done, I'm like, oh, well, this starts off strong. But then, you know, I make a Trumpy Poo Tits reference. And then, oh, this is great. And then I say something uh, uh, that's critical about COVID because... Again, America, fuck America, Ghana, Brazil, France, Germany. I'm in a fucking generous mood tonight. If hospitals were so overwhelmed at the height of COVID, then why did nurses have so much free time to work on their elaborate TikTok dance routines? Well, their Chinese spying overlords pleasure themselves from afar with a bunch of tweezers made in Wuhan, Wuhan, holla, Wu-Tang forever, more, thank you very much. So what's more, who's more stubborn? Me for thinking that I could handle five bong hits within two hours at 47 years old (laughs) on a slow Tuesday afternoon. While being on Adderall and a strong half an edible prior, or my father for thinking that he's going to be able to make my mom stay with him one second longer if he forces her to spend another summer of death in Arizona when they could afford to do otherwise. Ha! Fucking nailed it! Thank you very much! So, I mean, I can't even imagine the idea of being in Arizona and the idea of like, well, if I'm outside for like more than two minutes, I could die. (laughs) 
Yeah. So, I mean, personally, meanwhile, my daughter's telling me about some kid that had a seizure at camp. And I don't know. I've never heard of like little kids having seizures. But of course, I think, you know, Matilda says, well, he's dehydrated. I'm thinking, well, it could be another thing. And anyone that's listening to this podcast knows what I'm talking about. But I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to talk about sudden adult death syndrome. I don't want to talk about how I got to, I'm not, I'm doing my best during my year without Goonish, which isn't working splendidly, to see uh, news headlines on my freaking feed that says, <laughs> new poll says, like anyone trusts polls, new poll says Biden is like way ahead of Trumpy protests uh, for, you know, the next election. Like, like elections even matter anymore. <laughs> Harry Lake got robbed. Trump got robbed. What difference does it make? It's all cover-up. It's all bullshit. It's all uh, a shit shinola show. Samuel, what that means is that they're trying to make... A uh, shit shinola means people are trying to make shit shine and give it some glimmer. But like, hey, this shit is actually pretty good. And, you know, it actually... This shit, you know, uh, some people actually eat it. And some people... <laughs> buy it and some people rub it on their face and you know some people like oh this is great shit on my face and it's gonna make my complexion better and I'm gonna feel good about myself and I should be happy with like the shit on my face that's freaking jammed down my freaking face that I'm supposed to be happy I'm like hey you know who needs Boca burgers when I can just have a fucking shit mask delivered by big tech every morning and you know as long as they say it's okay it's fucking kosher Holla! so <laughs> this this is why I don't riff so the point being is this, is that I wanted to talk about something more lighthearted. Oh, yeah. So I want to talk about uh, middle, hot middle-aged bodies. That was a headline that popped up on my newsfeed on my computer. I think it's Bing. I don't know. Hot middle-aged bodies. Rosario Dawson was on that. And, of course, and I thought of uh, my joke about Rosario Dawson flirting with uh, Cory Booker. It's Cory Booker flirting with her. So Cory Booker says, Rosario, was it you or Chloe Savigny who got AIDS in the movie Kids? And then he says, just playing. In the end, that white bitch from Darien, Connecticut, didn't feel so privileged after all. <laughs> Paul Rudd was on it. There's one time I was in a like sushi place in Westwood and like Clueless had come out. So he was in like Ant-Man at this point. And he, I saw him, I made eye contact with him, and my good-lookingness bothered him, and I was headhunting back then, and so I had that going for me back then. <laughs> I got under Paul Rudd's skin. He didn't like the fact that another half crazy Jew was in his presence, and that I looked better than he did. <laughs> so, and then who else was on this list? So you had, oh, Jessica Simpson. I mean... You want to talk about feeling older than eight? She's considered middle age right now. I mean, I'm middle age. I'm 47. I'm like above middle age. So I remember, it reminds me of a conversation I had when some like random guy approached me at this diner with my kids. Uh, my wife was at work and he says, you got your hands full with my three kids. And I said, you know, if, if I ever become a headlining comedian or have a podcast that goes viral, that results in me getting a literary agent that I could sell all my books. Uh, that makes me a bunch of cash. That someone that could finally be responsible for cashing in on my sheets of comedy gold <laughs> while grabbing their 
if if that actually ever happens in my life, resulting in my wife agreeing to an open marriage with Jessica Simpson, then my hands will be full. But I got to be honest, I'm tired of being clever for free. I'm tired of being witty for the sake of it. I want to pull a freaking Emma Chamberlain. Is that her name, Matilda? Emma Chamberlain. I want to be Emma Chamberlain. I want to I want to do a podcast from home on a sick day with glasses and my jammies. Well, my coffee sells when I'm asleep at night. And I want Emma Chamberlain. I want her crowd. I don't want to be shadow banned. The, uh, I mean, I like being shadow banned. But with Emma Chamberlain, I want to be like, hey, I, I want to be Emma Chamberlain. Not just because she makes money doing a podcast. Because Emma Chamberlain has her shit together. <laughs> because Emma Chamberlain has words of wisdom. Because Emma Chamberlain inspires my daughter to do what she's doing, but that much better. <laughs> That's why I like Emma Chamberlain. I, but the main reason why I like Emma Chamberlain, I, I want to be more like her, is because a 25-year-old highly successful podcaster triggers my wife and makes her insanely jealous. <laughs> So that's why I want to be more like Emma Chamberlain. <laughs> so I could have my own do it all dad coffee brand, my old do it all dad poster mugs, my old do it all dad condoms, the, uh, <laughs> my old do it all dad lube. Yeah, yes, you can. Yes. Do it all dad mouses. Do it all dad karaoke games where it's a karaoke game, but you're able to like play air guitar. It's like your favorite hits. My new bud Mike said that was a really great idea and I should capitalize on it, but I'm just throwing it out there. So why am I calling this episode Shame Shaver? Because when I was hanging out with my new bud Mike, understand I performed at his house. I had this great show, arguably my best show ever. As far as it meaning something, because my three kids are there, they never saw me perform, and I haven't performed like regularly in front of audiences frequently at all. For the past six years since I started this Do It All Daddy podcast. And there was about like 55, 60 people there. So it could have been highly embarrassing. The musicians there, they had a hired band. They completely tried to rattle me, talking all this shit. And I said, hey, asshole, the, um, A, I bet you're triple vax. And B, uh, you've lost your anti-establishment cred if you still support these bands that force their fans to be vaccinated for the privilege of hearing their greatest hit songs again and again. So you're not that much better and you just sing covers and you're not Hollywood original. So go walk yourself. And you're going to say that you like Seth Meyers. So then I'm going to say, okay, well, when I got my root canal uh, and I was, you know, my persistent nagging thought uh, that resulted in me yelling at my doctor, I said, so doc, uh, This entire experience is reminding me of the last time you took my wisdom teeth out when I kept on screaming, Doc, give me funnier laughing gas. That's what I think of when I watch Seth Meyers. Holla! I don't want to say holla anymore. I know it's amusing. I know it's highly entertaining. But again, I'm getting paid jack shit. I got to be honest. Now... So, like, today I'm not reading news. I'm waiting in line for an overpriced fucking black bean burger. I'm staring at this, like, this Aryan cunt that I can't stand. I, she totally would have pushed him into the ovens back in the day. Am I only 50% Jewish? Yes. Do I look Jewish? No, because I'm too tall Jew. But she'd find a fucking way. <laughs> she'd coordinate with IBM. She'd be like, he's on the fucking database. Nala!
Well, he's an impersonation of a Watson computer being interviewed by its programmer. So, uh, Watson, you do realize that you were named after a guy, Dr. Watson, who you know made technology, tracking technology that made it easier for Nazis to identify Jews uh, shipped off the slaughter. And Watson computer says, "No shit, Sherlock." And again, I don't want to be clever anymore. I don't give a fuck. I just want to make money. I just want to create. Awesome for my family. You know what I care a shit about? I care about making my kids laugh. I care about creating comedy with them. Through my new show idea. Crack me up. What's crack me up? Ghana? Are you still feeling me? Lahore, Pakistan? What the fuck is crack me up? It's a father-son show. With my genius, hilarious son. All metal baby. Each episode. We challenge each other. We try to crack each other up. While making a new egg dish on Sunday. So we don't unleash the wrath of God and have it strike us down with a fucking bolt of lightning up our anus holes on a day of rest. Holla! That's the fucking show. I want to be hecky like Danny McBride. I want to drop F-bombs. I would like to bash certain people in the face with brass knuckles. <laughs> Assuming that doesn't guarantee me being in prison forever. I think it's a little bit different in North Carolina. Don't really know how that works in New York. Although I'm assuming it would work against me. So, I want to embrace more hickiness. I want a hot MAGA mom in my life. Break off my joystick. You know, MAGA mom that's freaking sweltering hot who says, let's do it again. Put your man meat in! Put your man meat in! Again and again! I wanted to play! I wanted to play! I'm trying to do old punchlines and I'm fucking up! I'm trying to do John Cougar Melon Camp! I'm ready to play! Play! Listening to old material today was listening to Stand Up Short Stories. Holla! Zivon Zappa Cornbluth. Hala. All great stuff. I'm like, this is great. How'd you do this? This is amazing. I'm almost at a fucking thousand. A thousand. Separate. Uploads. On SoundCloud alone. I remember reading ages ago. Roseanne Cash. Johnny Cash's daughter said. You know, if. Johnny Cash said, you want to be a musician? You got to learn 100 songs and write 100 songs. And I'm way past that. <laughs> so what I love is being able to explain ideas to my children that they get excited about. For example, I say, hey, kids. So I applied for jobs where your daddy can host trivia game show nights at bars and restaurants in Westchester and Connecticut. And they're like, yeah, daddy, that sounds like fun. And then they ask interested questions, you know, such as, so, you know, can you win prizes? Yada, yada, yada. They, they got all excited. So what's my new vision? <laughs> I still want to write the screenplay for the Gum King of New York, despite the fact that uh, Hollywood is dead. <laughs> I like the idea of writing it as a book, but it also leaves me cold. The thing is, I was looking over my resume, and if you guys want to get impressed or just 
entertained or, or moved or whatever, go to my website, do it all down here. And I have a bunch of TV scripts there. So I'm going through, you know, my resume. And by the way, this is my, my title for my resume. But my new resume is called this. <laughs> Idea Machine, A-plus performer, no AI needed. <laughs> so, and then I have all my credits on it. And now my TV credit, my TV credits on it. Now, a lot of these TV credits you've never seen TV because they weren't actually made, but they were scripts with the intention of, you know, them getting me on representation so I could get paid to write for TV. And I mean, I killed myself writing scripts, and but it was my a pure joy. And I just remember reading these titles. You know, Mister Wright, my pilot, uh, that I sent to Nick DiPaolo that I wrote for him. Uh, Patrice Appreciation Day, uh, my Louis Speck script, uh, Death of an Astronaut, my American Dad script that almost got me to Nickelodeon Fellowship, East Bending Down, Cooperstown or Bust. So, so I think that I think that the reason why I couldn't figure this out yesterday, but I think the reason why I was more emotionally touched by just reading these credits. As far as like what these names associated versus the 137 comic records that I've done, is because it reminds me of a time where, yeah, you know, I don't know. I just I wasn't so obsessed with condemning all this evil, and you know, I just you know, I was you know close to some friends, and um, you know, all this political you know bullshit, evil proliferation didn't happen. But also, I think what it really comes down to is that I was inspired. Like I didn't want to write because of Freaking F. Scott Fitzgerald or Hemingway, he was fucking boring as shit. The, um, and, you know, it's people like Danny McBride. Uh, it's, you know, Glenn Howerton and Charlie Day and the guys from Always Sunny Philadelphia. You know, it's Larry David. It's Seb McFarlane. You know, these are like my real writing heroes. So, you know, they're the ones I wanted to impress. So I, I think that's why. I, um, by you know, just reading those credits, you know, got me excited. And that's why I want to write The Gum King of New York. You know, I want to press Sandler. And, uh, you know, it's something I'll do. So, I don't know, it's something about maybe the final draft software. That's something that I started in LA. And, you know, it, it was my own. I mean, you know, my ex girlfriend, Erica, she nudged me to start, you know, writing these scripts when I was headhunting, cold calling my brains out. And, uh, I just have great memories. Come out from work and you know work with Erica, think about ideas, writing scripts. You provided me a way out from the thankless existence of, of headhunting, which I've been very stubborn, still trying to make work. But you know, in the end, you know you got to make bread, and you don't want to be a dependent bitch your entire life. But so, you know, where does this leave us? Am I just gonna be talking like randomly and freely like Emma Chamberlain? <laughs> Moving forward in my jammies in bed. No, but I do like to surprise myself. And I would like to see if, you know, me talking freely, you know, uh, does something for you guys. Because <laughs> I do care about my audience uh, that I've developed uh, on WordPress, especially as of late. Now, I definitely want to do another common record uh, for 140. Clayton miscounted. Um, so I want to stop at 140. And after that, I want to do a one-man show. And I want to call it uh, Lucky Moron. 
and I wanted to be, you know, for the most part, about unplanned fatherhood, and me trying to correct my stupidity, and my children helping raise me to be a mentor and a half, <laughs> and uh, which I think is a funny dynamic that I could really have a lot of fun with on stage that I want to start exploring with Crack Me Up. So uh, I just want to tell my fans, old and new, I love you long time, all the time. And I'll talk to you guys soon.